you've been tuning in for the last two series, but uh, I hope you have. If not, I, I encourage you to go ahead and stop where you're at right now. Go back and catch up on part one and two, because today we're going to get into part three here of understanding the book of Job. And I'm Pastor Mike, along with Rick Salcedo, our author in-house. Um, well, I say in-house, but, you know, he really... Uh, he authors more than just in house here. He's got some other stuff uh, in the projects or in the works right now too. Is that right? That's right. Rick? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, man. Then get us caught up and, and, and talk about what we're going to get into. Well, uh, the the current manuscript that I've completed and I'm I'm looking for either an agent or a publisher is uh, is um, a mom's quest to deliver her son from combat PTSD. And if if they can't do it, then he'll never live the American dream that he fought so valiantly for well, folks you heard that now if you happen to know a publisher nah, or, or 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 what what was the other a pub- a, an agent an or a agent publisher. or a publisher you can tell i don't know what i'm doing in this this realm here <laughs> but if you happen to know somebody i've read some of uh rick's work here and and he's written a couple books one of them was about our our pastor here and it was kind of like a uh, was it called that ghost writing or something? I don't really know. Dictating, but anyway, it was the story he put pastor's uh, life story into words. Yeah, it's called uh, the way we did it, and the way I did this uh, one, the current one called "Upon the Altar of Freedom," is a a, um, a narrative nonfiction okay. biography. There you go. Well, I know the the pastor's book was just uh, incredible, and then he wrote another one that was kind of a fiction called uh, Uriah right. as well, and that book is out for for purchasing. You can purchase these at Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. It's a great place to pick these things up at as well, and they actually have them in ebook form uh, right. as, as well for you. Right. But uh, but both of the well written, uh, you know, can't put them down. Uh, Rick is a great author. I want to encourage you to check out those books. But if you happen to know somebody for that too, Jeremy was uh, a member of our church here. I'm a young man. Um, a, a beast of a man, huge guy, <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, his heart was bigger than his body yeah. and, um, we miss him and love him. And we'd love for this story to get out to others that, uh, they could be encouraged, um, through, through what happened in, in his story as well. So, and uh, anyway, but we're praying for that. If that's you, or if you know somebody, please, you know, pass that along, get that information out there. But, but Rick, well, let's get into what we're going to talk about today here. All right. So we're going to continue on with the story of Job. Uh, we're still in chapter one. And last time we talked about God's conversation with Satan, where it's a bit misleading. God isn't asking Satan, hey, what have you been up to? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, you've been on the earth. Well, did you notice my servant Job? Where where he points him out to Satan and then say, hey, you know, go torment him. You know, God did not throw Job to the wolves. Okay. It was more of a rhetorical question where God was asking him, holding him accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, Satan, have you been on the earth? Traveling to and fro, you know, have you considered in your heart my servant Job because you want to devour him? Right. You know, it was more of a rhetorical questions to hold Satan accountable. Mm-hmm. And then we covered a lot of verses that, that described God's nature. You know, a loving dad that wouldn't throw his child to the wolves, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So, uh, and then we're picking back up with that conversation God's having with Satan in, in verse 9. Okay. And it says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions you have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Mm -hmm. So here Satan is saying, 
God, he only serves you because you blessed him and you have a protection around him. But if you stretch out your hand and curse him and, and, and destroy everything, he'll curse you to your face. Mm-hmm. Now we know that God didn't stretch out his hand. Right. God refused to do it. Yeah. And in fact, this will be in a, a later lesson, but I think it was in verse later on in chapter one or chapter two, you know, Satan goes back to God and try and, and tries to get him to, to set his hand against, raise his hand against Job again. Yeah. And God scolds him and says, you know, this is twice now you've tried to trick me into striking my servant Job. Man. And both times I refuse, yeah. you know, but see, that's one of the misunderstood verses that yeah, we'll clarify later. But see, see, Satan tried to manipulate and trick God into smiting Job. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried to use pride, you know, God, he only serves you because you bless him. Well, you know, that goes back to the devil's tactics. This is how he worked. He worked the same way with Jesus when he was in the wilderness. Exactly. Yeah. You know, fasting for those 40 days. Yeah. Um, the first thing that he hit was what he thought would be the weakest point, which was hunger. Right. You know, and yeah. then I went from there to, if you're the king, how about right. you bow yeah. to me on how this could be yours, you know, yeah. because, hey, this is my playground. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the prince of this world. So, you know, that, and so it goes back to the same thing of uh, the deceitfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a trickery fool. The devil is smart. Yep. We've talked about this. Yep. He was an angel. As a matter of fact, he had the worship in heaven at the time. You know, yep. he was a worship leader with that. But, you know, the devil is smart. He's not powerful unless you give him the power mm-hmm. for it. But he is trickery. That's how the fall happened in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. It's and all that, about deception. And see, and God knows the wiles of the devil. That's exactly right. And, and the Holy Spirit through... He created him. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and through yeah. one of the uh, epistles, we're told, you know, to know the wiles of the devil. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves, and know what the devil's tactics are. That's right. I just want to, and I'm not going to try to get off, I don't want to get off into deep theology with this, but, you know, I, I don't believe, you know, God didn't create the evil. God has permitted the evil to exist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Satan and all this and, and all these bad things that happen here, I'm going to keep that in mind as well. God doesn't create these things, but God is permissible for certain things to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happens here in this story as yeah, well. Because he, he honors free will. That's right. And he honors the fact that Satan has dominion on the earth because man gave it to him. That's right. That's right. That's right. Back in, it wasn't the way it was originally supposed to be, but that's Mm -hmm. right. We gave it up. Right. That's exactly right. And then I also want to point out that the word evil is used for, uh, immorality Mm -hmm. as well as calamity. So in some translations, there's a verse, I think it's in Isaiah, where it says, I, God is saying, I, I create evil. Right. But what he's really saying is, I create calamity as disciplinary punishment upon wrongdoers. Right. Is, is in essence what that verse says. That's right. So I just wanted to clarify that too, because there's, Absolutely. there's a, a school of thought out there that God creates good and evil. Yeah. So that you can understand how good good is. And, and I just don't think that. I, that well, no, because then what happens when we get to heaven? You know, I mean, if there's no evil in heaven, then if you're using that for the basis of the judgment of how you feel one way versus the other, that means that you would have to be constantly reminded of evilness to know constantly how good things are too. Right. I mean, so that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but, um, you know, I would, I often look at it like, uh, God is, uh, uses things like a damn system. 
you know, it's flowing. A river is flowing. A river of evil is flowing on this earth. But God can build a dam to prevent things, and he can open the locks and shut mm-hmm. the locks to allow things to come and go. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes and he'll open the locks, just like he did with the people of Israel when they wanted a king. He'll give us what we ask for. And so we need to be careful sometimes right. with that as well. Yeah. But But God is not a God of evil. He's just not. Right. He's just yeah, not. yeah. We covered that in in, in exactly his right. nature last time. That's exactly you know, God right. God is good. Yep. That's exactly right. And All so, right. Continue on, buddy. Okay. So we see here that uh, Satan is trying to trick God into hurting Job, because mm-hmm. you know Satan hates Job. He set his heart on devouring Job, and he's actually trying to trick God into doing his dirty work for him. Well, you got to remember now. We just talked about Job and what he was in that society. He was the wealthiest man there in the region as well. Mm-hmm. So, what greater example for Satan be able to get a hold of? Right. Yeah. For everybody else to be able to see too, and and Satan be able to say ha ha ha, you know. Yeah. And and think about it. The wealthiest, most influential man in a in a region of the world is a godly man. Yeah. That's right. a threat to Satan's oh, kingdom. Absolutely. absolutely. So you can see why he wanted to bring him down. Yes, indeed. And uh, but in Galatians chapter six verse seven, it says, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. So we can't fool God." That's right. And even though Satan is a higher being than we are, he can't fool God. That's right. Okay, so it didn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, in James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For God cannot be tempted by evil. See, Satan tried to prod him with pride. Right. You know, God, he's only serving you because you bless him. You know, and, and hoping God's response would be, oh, yeah, nuh-uh, I'll show you. Right. You know, I'm going to smote him and he's still going to uh, praise me. You watch. Yeah. You know, see, God didn't, God didn't buy into any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't take the bait. And it was like in the garden too, you know, yeah. if you are the son of God. That's right. Turn this, these stones into bread. Yeah. You know, Jesus could have said, what do you mean if? Of course I'm the son of God. Yeah. I'll show you. Right. You know, he, he they didn't take the bait. Yeah. The father didn't take the bait and Jesus didn't take the bait mm-hmm. because they can't be mocked. They yeah. can't be tricked. That's and they know the wiles of the devil. Amen. That's right. Yeah. And in Matthew chapter four, verses three and six, it says, the tempter came to him and said, well, I, I just kind of explained that. Didn't yeah. I? That absolutely. was, that was yeah. in Matthew four, That's right. That's right. <laughs> verses no. three and six. Yep. And, and he also said, you know, if you are the son of God, throw yourself from the highest point of That's the That's right. You know, yeah. And, and of course, you know, Jesus didn't fall for it. Yep. So it's funny though. It's the same thing, just worded three different ways. Yeah. That's the way the devil works, man. It's all the same. It's all the same trickery. It's just dressed up differently. Yeah. Presented from a different That's angle. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And well, it didn't work from this angle. Let me try it from over here. Yes, sir. Know, until he can find a, a weak point, you know, yep. where we, where we fall. But, um, so Satan tried to use pride against Jesus and against the father. Uh, concerning Job, mm-hmm. um, but see, w- an- another thing about God's nature is He is gentle and lowly of heart, yeah. and Matthew eleven twenty nine tells us that. Yeah. See, so so He, even though Satan tries, He can't use pride to provoke or manipulate God. Well, if you look at Jesus Himself, which is part of the Godhead, right? If you look at Jesus Himself, show me one thing that He did on earth that was prideful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not one thing that He that He do on earth that you know. Was just about building him up. Matter of fact, he could, he would say when these things would happen, you know. Yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody. And yeah. and he also, you know, he, he also made sure that the glory of this was for his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do I do these things, you know, for yeah. my father's will, yeah. not my will. Yeah, it was you know? for the glory of God and for the benefit of the suffering. That's humanity. exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's what those signs and signs and wonders are. Even now, it's not for our benefit. 
It's not. It's for the for others, the unbelievers. You know what I'm saying? People will be able to see these things, and then they get to make a choice. And that's why some people are dismissive, and some people are acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, yes, he's very humble, lowly in heart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, jumping back to the book of Job, chapter one, verse twelve. Here's one of the key confusing verses in the in the book of Job. So it says, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So this sounds like God's giving Satan permission to afflict Job. Right. Okay. But remember when we said uh, part of God's nature is that he rejoices in truth. Mm-hmm. God tells the truth. He's not a man, you know, um, Numbers twenty three nineteen says God is not a man that he should lie. Right. Okay. So God tells the truth even to Satan. Okay. So when Satan said Job only serves you because you bless him, if you raised your hand against mm-hmm. him and smote him, he would curse you. Mm-hmm. You know, God was simply pointing out because he said, you know, you've put you've blessed him, you put a hedge of protection around him, and you know that's the only reason is selfishly serving you. Mm-hmm. And and God simply told the truth about the hedge of protection. Right. See, there was no hedge of protection there. Um, and this is be, and we'll get back to that here in a minute because of Job's worry and his fear. All right. Okay. But there was no hedge of protection there. God simply told Satan the truth. Right. He said, "What are you talking about, Satan? Behold, look, yeah. look, open your eyes, dummy. Yeah. And All you- that he has is in your power. There is no hedge of protection. You have dominion on the earth." You know, the only thing is I forbid you to lay a hand on his person. Yeah. See, so a loving daddy That's right. protecting his child, yeah. even though the child has made a way for Satan to afflict him. Yep. Yeah. See, and, and like we said earlier, you know, God permits things. He allows things. He tolerates things. That's right. He may not want have wanted Job to go through this. Yeah. But he, he tolerated it because of Job's free will mm-hmm. uh, and because Satan had dominion on the earth. Yeah. But he intended all along for the outcome to be one of compassion and mercy and Job to grow spiritually, That's which right. all that happened. Yeah. And so, um, so God did not give Satan permission to attack Job. He simply pointed out the truth. There is no hedge of protection around Job. So behold, you have dominion on the earth. Everything he has is in your power. And, um, in chapter three, so why was why was that the case? Why was there no prote- uh, hedge of protection around Job? Well, it says in chapter three of the book of Job, verse twenty-five, Job is declaring, "For the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me." Now, Rick, I hate to do it, but I think we need to stop there. I think that's a good little taste of what what'll come with it. Uh, and I know we, we have a little bit more to get into this, but I know we're going to move on to the next part, uh, next time, right? But, so do you want to, you want to leave it there or you want to go ahead and you want to wrap this up? Uh, I'd rather wrap it up. Okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. Let's go ahead then. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Job feared. Okay. We knew that it was his character to worry. Right. But he worried, he worried and he feared a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And fear is an intense, unpleasant angst caused by a perceived danger. Right. Okay. So he had an intense angst caused by perceived danger. He perceived that danger because he worried a lot. Right. Okay. So fear is believing that bad things are going to happen. 
So fear is kind of a form of faith. Right. You're just putting your faith in bad things are going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Faith is believing that good things will happen to you. 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear not. That's right. So that's how destructive fear is. You know, if God says something once, we should pay attention. Right. If he says it two or three times, we should definitely, you know, make it a foundation of our lives. If he says it 365 times, that better be like yeah. the pillar of all pillars that's of our right. life. That's right. You know? So fear not. So fear is a very destructive thing, and Job's fear is what caused the hedge of protection not to be there. Right. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 8 says, Whoever knocks down a hedge shall be bitten by a serpent. Mm-hmm. Job, through his fear, took down the hedge of protection around him, and he got bit by the biggest serpent of all. That's right. Satan. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, God allows things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um he knew he knew this was going to happen okay so he he decided well i'm you know all things work out for good for those that love the lord and are called according to his purpose right so god was going to work god worked this out because he's compassionate and merciful mm-hmm. so that in the end it would be for job's good yep. you know because job had flaws and god was going to use this situation to purge out those flaws from job you know, when we go through the fiery trials, yep. the the impurities come to the surface. That's right. And they can be uh, scraped away. And if we're smart, we learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. If we're smart, we'll learn from the book of Job That's instead right. of having to go through it ourselves. That's exactly right. Um, but in Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. So God allowed this as correction mm-hmm. for Job. Uh, Psalm 66, 10 through 12, it says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the book of Job, he walks in rich fulfillment. That's exactly right. Yep. Yes, he does. And in uh, chapter 12, verse 11, it says, No one chased... Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Yeah. I want to just real quick. Now, you said that chastening and and people somehow uh, flip flop chastening with punishment. Yeah. I hear this a lot. This is where they get they use they quote that verse a lot saying, well, God punishes you. God punishes you. God punishes you. Um, Chastening is correcting. Yeah. Now, we talked about God you know, rejoices in truth. Yeah. We have the Holy spirit, which is to guide us into all truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, chastening is sharing the truth. Now the truth may be a hard pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but the truth is not punishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, God is not punishing us. God is correcting us. Yeah. With the yeah. truth, purging flaws out of us. That's exactly right. And, and in the end, um, you know, Job did find that peace and that joy that he was missing. Yep. Absolutely. Well, man, that's been a really good three-part series here on, on the understanding of the book of Job. And, uh, Rick, I, I look forward to it. I think we're going to talk about Job some more here in the future. Yep. Um, and, uh, and folks, I, I really, I really hope you got something out of it. I, I know I did. I did, Rick. Uh, why don't you wrap us up here then? All right. Um, thank you for joining in and we'll see you next time. Until then, prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Amen.